I thought Bled was phenomenal. Um, you know, obviously a triple double, and you know he hits the three coming out of uh, overtime. He hits the bucket to send us to overtime. He gets the stop to send it to overtime. Big play after big play. Way back! Get up! Get out of here! Go! Rainbows high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin! And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. It was big play after big play after big play for Eric Bledsoe and the Bucks last night. It took overtime to take down the Kings in what was already a late night game. They won 141-140. to 140. They just... I forgot what a Bucks loss feels like, which is pretty crazy to think. Before we really get into this game, I was anybody listening to the end of the Jim Rome show? Did anybody just catch the end of the Jim Rome show? Like, as he was on his way out the door, saying, yeah, just coming down the wire. John Heyman, blue check mark, reporting Bryce Harper has signed with the Phillies. No details, no compensation yet. And then, like, that was at the end of his show. So that would have been at, like, 4.55. The news came out, like, three hours ago. Bryce Harper signed today with the Phillies. It finally happened. Uh, and there was compensation. There was the length of the contract. All those details were available. I don't know if Jim Rome was just messing with us. Uh, but he signed a 13-year deal. $330 million. And if, if I can be completely honest, and we do that here on the Wisco Sports Show, I'm okay with $330 million if I'm the Phillies. If that's what it takes to get Bryce Harper, that's what it takes. It's not my money. It's the owners. I'll pay for tickets. I'll watch the games. You supply the money. You pay the players. 13 years. Ooh, I don't know. We, we were talking about Yasmani Grandal's contract a couple of weeks ago, and I said, look, I'm fine with the $18 million. I'm fine with it. It's only a one-year contract. Even if it goes horribly, they're still only handcuffed to Yasmani Grandal and his contract for one year. 13 years? Ooh. Shivers down my spine. Like the Brewers being stuck with Ryan Braun, although that's worked out better as of late because they've been winning. Or the Twins with Joe Maurer. I just... Ugh. That long of a contract. Baseball is really the only sport that does it. I don't like it. But I think Jim Rome might have been drinking or else I missed an inside joke that him and his clones have going on uh, that's reporting news three hours after it breaks without all the details. So yeah, Bryce Harper signed today. I don't really care about Bryce Harper. I don't really care about baseball right now unless it's Brewers spring training. I get a chance to catch a little bit of that game this afternoon. But really my focus of today was the the Bucks. They won last night. Uh, and and I'm, I'm going to be honest once again as I love to do here on the Wisco Sports Show. The Sacramento Kings are are right now, right now are my second favorite team in the NBA. It goes Milwaukee Bucks, and they are far and away the best team, right? But I got to have my Western Conference team. I love the Sacramento Kings. I think they're fun to watch. And I love the Brooklyn Nets. Those two teams are actually pretty similar in where they are in their rebuilds. I think Sacramento's got a little bit more talent. But my favorite team, by far the Bucks, going up against my my Western Conference uh, ride or die, the Sacramento Kings last night. So Giannis, there were a couple storylines from last night. Giannis, Didn't play a whole lot of minutes last night. He only played 24. They tried to give him a big break going into half. Well, they didn't try, uh, but did give him about an eight-minute rest at the end of the first half. And then we go into uh, the second half, and he he sat for wild stretches, and he actually didn't play in overtime for what was a a pretty hefty stretch. He didn't come in until there was a 
like I said, a hefty portion of time left in overtime. Eric Bledsoe was the truth last night. He had a triple-double. And you heard Budenholzer say when we started this show, big play after big play, whether it was on the defensive end, shooting the ball, driving, assisting. He was all over the court last night. 26 points, 13 assists, 12 rebounds. Uh, and he was a plus one. Last night, Giannis was a minus 24. I mean, he didn't have a great night. He had 17 points, but uh, minus... 24, you hardly ever see that from Giannis, especially with the way the Bucks have been playing. Actually, the best player, plus minus last night, outside of Eric Bledsoe, it felt like, uh, was Nikola Mirotic. He had 21 points. He was plus 18. I'm getting really used to watching Nikola Mirotic play. So we're going to briefly touch on the Bucks, and we got a lot to get to today here on the Wisco Sports Show, including a lot of Packers talk. We're finally going to hear from Brian Gutekunst. He spoke at the Combine. We're going to hear... Uh, his opinion on a couple free agents to be, and we're going to kind of break that down and, and try to put ourselves inside the shoes and inside the minds of that Packers front office right now. And just a weird, wacky story with Mike McCarthy as well. I'm sure you saw uh, what was going on with him getting on an official's case at a high school game in Pulaski. Never thought I'd see the day. Never thought I'd get to the day where we'd be talking about something like that on air. You can join me on the Five Star Telecom Talk and Text Line 608-796-2558. Why don't we go there uh, right away to start off the show today? Caller, welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know Jim Rome is recorded on WKTY, so (laughs) it was probably live at the time. It was probably live at the time. Jim Rome is recorded on KTY? It's an an afternoon show. Nope, he's a morning show from California. Well, then I've been wrong. He used to be live on WKTY, but now he's uh, recorded for later because they carry the Bill Michaels show. We carry the Bill Michaels show, and we do, and thank you for the call. I have been wrong literally my entire life. That's the biggest thing that I'm going to learn today because I grew up in Eau Claire uh, listening to the station up there, which is our sister station, 105.1, and then, you know, obviously listening down here, and I've never been a huge fan of the Jim Rome show anyways. It gets me it gets me to laugh once in a while. I thought it was an afternoon show. Listen, listen to our callers teaching me uh, something about sports radio today, and I appreciate you calling in to let me know. Bob Stock uh, on the five-star telecom talk and text line times in and says, Bledsoe came through again. Yeah, Bledsoe came in last night like I didn't today, not knowing what time Jim Rome is actually on. Nonetheless, uh, Bryce Harper not the focus, and neither is Jim Rome. Bledsoe last night was the answer. Let's let's replay that clip of what Budenholzer said. We opened the show with this, but I thought Budenholzer did a really good job summarizing exactly how big Bledsoe's impact was last night. I thought Bled was phenomenal. Um, you know, obviously a triple-double, and you know, he hits the three coming out of uh, overtime. He hits the bucket to send us to overtime. He gets the stop to send it to overtime. Big play after big play. Big play after big play. Defensive end, driving to the basket, hitting a jump shot every once in a while. Even though that's not his game, he does an exceptional job picking his spots, whether it's a catch and shoot or off the dribble. He can do it all, and, and he does do it all. He's a guy when the other team's getting some momentum, especially on the road. You need to calm the bench down, calm the, the crowd down. Bledsoe's been that guy. He's been the guy to go get you a bucket, start to build some momentum, or to kill momentum of the other team. You need a guy like that on every basketball team. I mean, ideally, you'd have multiple guys like that. But basketball is a game of runs. It is a cliche, but because it's very true. Teams are going to get hot shooting the ball. The arena's going to get louder. It's going to calm down. The bench mob's going to get up in arms, throwing the towels, waving, you know, waving jerseys around. You need a guy, and Eric Bledsoe has been that guy, to stop that momentum, to be a stopper to be an answer at times when your team is struggling and to take over, uh, for lack of a better term. He did that last night with 26 points, and he did have a triple-double, like I said. Giannis had his minutes limited. That's something we're going to have to watch. 
Because I don't know if it was last night, if something was truly bothering Giannis, or if it was just an, well, we, we wanted to limit Giannis tonight because, yeah, okay, his knee. Yeah. Uh, Giannis, what's bothering you? Your knee? Okay, yeah, we're going to give you some minutes off for your knee. I don't know if that's planned, or I don't know if that's something that after the first quarter last night just didn't feel quite right. I, I don't know. I think only time is going to tell uh, as we roll on through the last couple of weeks of the Bucks season here. But they went again. What's new? <laughs> What's new with the Bucks? We got some Packers talk to get to today as well. Uh, Gutekunst addressing the media at the Combine yesterday and the day before. So we're going to dig into what I found interesting, what I found pertinent, and what I found actually mattered. We're going to dig into that coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. Of course, we got to hear from Dave and Scrady, and I hope to hear from you on the five-star telecom talk and text line as well. 608-796-2558. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next here on WKTY. Dave and Scrady, Dave and Scrady, Dave and Scrady. Everything's about Dave and Scrady on this damn station. You're listening to WKTY and the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. We got to give the Bucks their due. They keep winning. They're up to 47 and 14, 141-40. Uh, they were overtime winners last night in Sacramento. I stayed up to watch it. I did not stay up to watch the end of the Badger game the other night. I will stay up to watch the end of a Bucks game, a thrilling game like that. Uh, we're talking about Eric Bledsoe and how he was the answer. He had a triple-double last night. Uh, but we do kind of have to transition because it's been too long since we've actually dug into the Packers and we actually got some meat and potatoes on the green and gold side. Uh, Brian Gutekunst was addressing the media. At the Combine, as general managers always do, it was one of the limited times where Ted Thompson would actually be available uh, because he was there. <laughs> And he kind of has to be, right? So a little bit more willing, a little bit more verbiage, and a little bit more description coming from the newest general manager of the Green Bay Packers, Brian Gutekinds. You can chime in as well. 608-796-2558. Send me a text. We're going to continue to break down everything that Brian said. And then we, I, I want to dig into a little bit bigger picture stuff. Uh, some preconceptions about the Packers right now, and, and I think some of the maneuvers and some of the ideologies and strategies that the Packers are going to use uh, between now and the draft and regarding free agency and, and trading and things like that. So let's lay the groundwork now with what Brian Gutekunst actually had to say. Let's start with, when it comes to player acquisition in the draft, when you are drafting players, is it different now that Matt LaFleur is the head coach versus what you had to find for Mike McCarthy, or is it pretty similar? No, I don't think so. I think certainly there's a, there's some differences in, in their offense and what they're looking for, um, and there's some minor minor things that we'll kind of adjust. But uh, for the most part, you know, football's football. We're looking for good football players that can do a variety of things, and uh, that, that hasn't changed. You know what? Brian Gutekunst has been at this job now for, this is going to be his second draft, and he already sounds... <laughs> Saying stuff that makes me think of Mike McCarthy. You know, football's football. We're looking for good football players. Football is football. We're just looking for football players. That's all we want. You know, football's football. We're looking for good football players. Oh, my God. It doesn't take long. As soon as you get inside 1265, as soon as you're you're in that position of power, it just overtakes you. I don't know what it is where you just you get sayings like that. You know, football's football. We're looking for good football players. But but I think it is it is very pertinent. Are you drafting players to fit a scheme, or are you drafting players because you think they're good football players? Like he said, like like it's we're mocking it, but it, it definitely makes sense. I, I think as soon as you start to bottleneck your selection of players based on well, they need to fit this system and they need to fit for this coach, you can miss out. That's a really easy way to miss out on talent, and that's a really easy way to try to overthink a specific round of the NFL draft when there's just the obvious best player there. Make it work, 
right? Don't worry about so much about the fit or about the scheme. Good players will find their way. And really, at the end of the day, football is football, right? You know, football is football. We're looking- exactly. Yeah, football is football. He was also asked about last year's uh, three, the, the trio, if that's what you want to call them, of, of wide receivers. They were rookies last year. Uh, we're going to have to find a new name because we're not going to be able to say the three rookies this year. But what he saw from them last year and how they might be progressing, specifically uh, Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jamon Moore, and Equinemius St. Brown. Really happy. You know, um, I think they each you know, had their moments during different times of the year. That transition to the NFL game can be a big one. A lot of receivers don't usually see um, production until second or third year. And I thought those guys, you know, had a lot of challenges and they met them, you know, they, they met them head on and, and, and gave us help, especially down the stretch, you know, both um, EQ and um, uh, Valdez Scantling, you know, had big moments and Jaymon was a little bit behind that. But at the same time, um, he worked every day, showed up. Um, we saw definite improvement through the year, and uh, I think the future for those three guys is pretty bright. Wide receivers are an interesting case study because you don't have to look very far back to just to find a wide receiver who was not heralded at the highest level out of the draft, right? We're, we're talking about Devontae Adams here. Taken in the second round, not from Alabama, not from Clemson, uh, but from a, I don't want to say a small school, but you know it wasn't a power blue bud program. He wasn't one of the can't-miss receivers in the first round. It took two years. The third year, he really popped. And then, obviously, last year, what we saw was just on another level. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be ebbs and flows. Now, you just hope that that player development team, that staff, that that room of coaches, helps move along what are going to be these three sophomore wide receivers faster rather than slower, right? It is a big adaptation. It is a big adjustment when you reach the NFL level. I think what's best for that trio of wide receivers is Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison staying healthy. Because then they are asked to win more realistic matchups. I think that's what's that's what stung Devontae Adams his rookie year is he was asked to do way too much and he just couldn't he just couldn't hack it. So I think having the presence of a healthy Devontae Adams and a healthy hopefully Geronimo Allison this year is going to help their case as well. Uh, what I thought was awesome and what was really interesting I was watching this press conference uh, yesterday and then again today as I was preparing it for the show. He was asked about Milt Hendrickson, remember? A guy who has UWL ties, as does Brian Gutekunst, and he worked with Ravens, and and I said, oh, well, let's actually hear about him. The question was, you know, you have experiences with Milt in the past. What was it that actually drew you to bringing Milt in and and making him a part of your staff? Obviously, he's an experienced scout. Uh, You know, he spent most of his time in the Midwest. He was also a pro scout early in his career in, in Baltimore. Uh, I coached with Milt at UW Lacrosse way back Woo. then, so I've known him for a very, very long time. He um, he's very much a fit with the the kind of the the staff that we have now. Uh, they knew a lot of those guys knew him already, and it's been pretty seamless. And um, it's really just another guy that um, that I trust. It kind of just help us put this thing together. Anytime you can get UWL a shout out at the NFL Combine, that's pretty dope. I'm not the only one who thinks that, right? Uh, I coached with Milt at UW Lacrosse way back in the day, so I've known him for a very, very long time. Back in the day, back in the glory days at UWL, yep, we were just coaching football, smacking down brewskis at college parties. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I thought that was cool. Like, we can have fun with that, right? Milt Hendrickson and obviously Brian Gutekunst just, you know, having those UWL ties and being a part of that UWL coaching staff is... It's kind of cool when you hear that mentioned at, at a press conference for the NFL Combine. I wasn't really expecting that that shout-out. I wasn't expecting that plug. Not that he was trying to plug UWL at all, but the fact that he made mention of it was pretty cool. He didn't he didn't talk down. He didn't say, you know, I was coached with him at the Division three level or I coached with him at a Midwest school. No. Shout out UWL. Props to Brian Gutekunst. I love that. Uh, I coached with Milt at UW Lacrosse way back in the day, so I've known him for a very, very long time. UW Lacrosse. By the way, Mike Schmidt got that program rocking 
improving the last couple of years. I mean, good things are happening at UWL. Not that that's connected in any way to what Brian Gudikin said, but you got to like what you're, you're hearing and what you're seeing uh, with this UWL football program as well. I certainly do, and it's pretty cool to get a shout-out at the actual NFL Combine. Pretty legit. So next what I want to do, we're, we're listening to and we're reflecting on Brian Gudikin speaking at the NFL Combine yesterday. Uh, obviously, all the general managers and all the head coaches have their media availability, so your, your normal cast of Green Bay media and, and Packers media there to, to question and to, I don't want to say interrogate, but but to ask questions about certain players, you know, certain strategies. They want to get as much information as possible, and that's a little bit easier now that they're not talking to, uh, to old sitting bull Ted Thompson. But you knew the questions were coming specifically about three players. Clay, well, for sure, two. Clay Matthews and Randall Cobb, the free agents to be. And then there's speculation about a couple other players like Jimmy Graham uh, and like Nick Perry who are under contract. But the speculation and, and the thought process is out there that maybe uh, those guys could be candidates for, for getting cut. Right? So, so you got to figure that those questions are on the way. Let's start with Jimmy Graham because it's an interesting comparison. Comparing Brian Gutekinds to his asked and then talked about at length about Jimmy Graham and compare Jimmy Graham's answer to that of Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews. It's interesting. Just pay attention. Yeah, I mean, obviously Jimmy had a productive year for us last year. Um, was really, really proud of him. He, you know, he fought through a lot of things um, just to be out there. You know, guys that have played as long as he has don't have to do that. So his professionalism was was on display each and every day. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what he can do for us this year. Look forward to see what he can do for us this year. All right. Like, that's not, yeah, you say that, you say that to be professional, you say that, it's it's just kind of a coaching front office thing in an interview, but he didn't have to say that. Check, check out that last part one more time. Yeah, I'd look forward to seeing what he could do for us this year. Yeah. And I know it was announced and, and it's kind of been determined that Jimmy Graham is going to be sticking around, but this is, this is the, what do you want to call it? This is the baseline, right? This is the precedent now in terms of press conference answers. So compare Jimmy Graham who sounds like a certain lock to remain on this Packers roster and to be part of their plans moving forward. Now let's talk about that and compare that to the answer and to the verbiage and the tone when asked about Randall Cobb. You know, you know, Randall's been an, uh, a great player for us. Uh, he's one of the all-time Packers, and um, we're kind of still putting that, that uh, puzzle together. Um, you know, obviously we have draft meetings and free agency meetings. Now we're here at the Combine, and uh, as we get you know, all the information uh, together as we approach uh, the next few weeks, we'll kind of have a better idea of all that. First of all, at the beginning, anytime you start by saying something like, well, you know, he's, he's going to go down as one of the all-time greats. He's going to go down as this and this Hall of Famer or a first ballot Hall of Famer, yada, yada. As soon as you start talking into the future, well, he's going to go down like this. Th- that kind of implies that what's actually going on in the present is, is nothing of note. Like, it's, it's not noteworthy, right? You're focusing on what is to come and, and not what is going on right now. Like, you talk about Dirk Nowitzki, you talk about Dwayne Wade. Although Dwayne Wade got buckets last night and hit a buzzer beater. You know, they're going to go down as first ballot Hall of Famer, some of the best players to ever play. But let's be real, it's not like they're playing at an all-star level, even though they were both all-stars, you know, included at the last second. That's not what important. And then at the end, very non-committal, saying, well, we got stuff to figure out in the next couple of weeks. You know, we'll see where we are along in that process. Very much the same when asked and when talking in detail about Clay Matthews. Clay's obviously been, I mean, he's a, he'll be a Packer Hall of Famer. Uh, yep. He's been a great player for us for a long time. Yep. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's still playing at a very, very high level. And um, we'll, we'll kind of get to that you know, as we go over the next two weeks. Over the next two weeks, you know, we got work to do. We got decisions to make. You know, a lot of these questions, a lot of these thoughts haven't been answered yet. Very similar. Clay Matthews and Randall Cobb. Put the, stack those tip to tip. And you'll hear, you know, he's going to go down as this. His legacy in Green Bay will be this. Uh, and he's going to be one of the all-time greats, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we got decisions to make in the next couple of weeks. You know, we got a lot of things to go through, processes to, to sift through. So, so we'll see. 
very noncommittal, as opposed to Jimmy Graham, who's, while this season, you know, we saw a lot of good things, you know, we liked not necessarily his productivity on paper, but what he's able to go out and show us his professionalism and fighting through that injury. And, and we look forward to having him definitely be a part of our plans in the future. Now, it is a little bit different given that Jimmy Graham is under contract, but Clay Matthews and Randall Cobb, I mean, those are your cut and dry answers about a player who is out the door, right? Well, he's going to go down as, as an all-time Packer. You know, he's been tremendous in his time here for us. Uh, we got some stuff to sift through. We still have a lot of decisions to make, a lot of things to talk about. So, you know, that'll, that'll in, in the, the weeks and the months to come, right? Very non-committal. Not, we, we really want to get a deal done and, and see Randall Cobb back in the green and gold. Well, we, you know, we, we, we uh, conversations are ongoing. We got a lot of work to do, but we want to see Randall Cobb suiting up for us in the future or Clay Matthews for us in the future. Nuh-uh. Not what we heard. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying the writing is on the wall. Those two guys are out of there. And it's interesting. I want to continue this conversation coming up because those guys are out of there. Uh, and they are going to be dumping a certain uh, element and a certain amount from their payroll, creating even more cap space. What is that going to lead to for the Packers in the weeks to come up towards free agency and up through the draft? Obviously, they got a little bit of cap space, at least more so than the Vikings, uh, at least more so than the Lions, which is an interesting position they find themselves in. We're going to continue to talk about that and what exactly uh, the elements and what exactly the, the MO might be for the Packers in the weeks to come as player and roster improvement is going out through a couple of ways, right? Possibly trades. Uh, when the new league year starts, possibly free agents, and of course the draft, which uh, is going to be all the buzz right now as well. we got to kind of take a quick break, as Dave likes to say, and as Dave likes to find himself here on WK2Y, we got to check in with those two numbskulls there at New East Vogue right now. So that coming up, and a whole lot more, next on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY 96.7 FM, 580 AM, and always streaming live at WKTYsports.com. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for hopping aboard, hanging out. Hope you're having a good night. We're talking some Green Bay Packers, sifting through what Brian Gutekunst had to say at his uh, media time, his media availability at the NFL Combine uh, yesterday and the day before. He's been available. You know, there's a big official press time, and then, of course, uh, journalists and, and writers tracking him down individually as well. We are, of course, focusing on uh, the content and the interviews that were made publicly available uh, right through his legit media time and, and comparing a couple different things. We were talking about uh, and, and analyzing what he had to say, drafting players for Mike McCarthy versus Matt LaFleur and, and how it really doesn't change and how in the meantime he actually kind of sounded very similar to Mike McCarthy and his football cliches and his use of just things that don't really mean anything. You know, football's football. We're looking for good football players. Football's football. We're just looking for good football players. And, and it, it is true. We mock it. You, you start worrying about fit, you start worrying about scheme, and that's when you're going to miss out on, on talented players and you're going to drop down a tier just because you want a guy who fits, who lines up in the right spot. And I understand that, uh, and we're going to mock this drop forever because I think it's hilarious. You know, football's football, we're looking for good football players. And it is, and it is, football is football, but it makes a whole lot of sense. He also talked about the three rookie wide receivers who are soon to be sophomore wide receivers uh, in their second year, both Equinemius St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Jamon Moore. Uh, he was asked about Milt Hendrickson, and I thought that was pretty dope because he gave UWL a shout-out. Let's check out that one more time because it's just so beautiful. Uh, I coached with Milt at UWL Cross way back in the day, so I've known him for a very, very long time. Back in the day, coaching at UWL. Pretty cool to get a shout-out at the NFL Combine. But really what I wanted to sink my teeth into and what I want to continue to talk about is three players in specific that 
Gutekinds was directly asked about Randall Cobb and Clay Matthews, who find themselves in the position of being free agents to be, right, in this upcoming couple of months. Uh, and Jimmy Graham, who's under contract but had a disappointing and expensive first year. He's still under contract, like I said, but some speculation, some thought that maybe they look to find more cap space by releasing Jimmy Graham. Well, one answer stood apart from the rest. Out of the three, he was very committal about Jimmy Graham. Let's play the soundbite one more time uh, in case you're just joining us here on WK2I. This is what he had to say about Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Jimmy had a productive year for us last year. Um, was really, really proud of him. He, you know, he fought through a lot of things um, just to be out there. You know, guys that have played as long as he has don't have to do that. So his professionalism was was on display each and every day. And, um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what he could do for us this year. Two things to take away from that answer, right? Number one, he's talking about the present, relatively. He's talking about this previous season, things that happened on the field, things that happened on tape. He had an injury. He played through that, and he didn't have to. He's a veteran player, so we appreciate that. His professionalism was on display, and I loved seeing that last season in the realm of 2018-2019. And then in the end, uh, in conclusion, saying we're looking forward to see what he can do for us moving forward, right? You're actually talking about something specific, something concrete that's coming up around the corner. Now, in the case of Clay Matthews and Randall Cobb, those answers were a little bit different, and you'll notice some similarities between Cobb and between Matthews. Clay's obviously been, I mean, he's a, he'll be a Packer Hall of Famer. He's been a great player for us for a long time. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's still playing at a very, very high level, and um, we'll, we'll kind of get to that you know, as we go over the next two weeks. Two things. Talking big picture. Clay's going to go down. You know, he's been a great Packer for us the last however many years. He's going to go down as one of the best. We got some, and number two, we got some stuff to sift through over the next two two weeks or so. You know, we're, we're in the process of figuring out personnel. In other words, not exactly a gleaming, shining endorsement of we want him back on our team and we're going to work to find a number that's right for both parties. The exact same can be said with Randall Cobb. You know, you know Randall's been an, uh, a great player for us. Big picture. Uh, he's one of the all-time Packers. Big and, picture. Uh, we're kind of still putting that, that uh, puzzle together. Um, you know, obviously, we have draft meetings and free agency meetings. Now we're here at the Combine. And uh, as we get you know, all the information uh, together as we approach uh, the next few weeks, we'll kind of have a better idea of all that. Once again, same formula, right? Big picture. Randall Cobb's going to go down as, as one of the all-time Packers. He's been nothing but class in his time in Green Bay. But, you know, we got a, a million things going on. we got the Combine going on. we got free agency and, and trades to talk about. You know, we're, we're actually going to dig our teeth into, you know, and really start to begin that process of, of Randall Cobb's contract or lack thereof in the next couple of weeks. You know, we really haven't started on that. Completely opposite from Jimmy Graham, right? Jimmy Graham is the here and now. We can't wait to see what he does this upcoming season. Clay Matthews and Randall Cobb, on the other hand, were, you know, wow, what a great career they've had as a Packer so far. We don't know what their future holds, but we're going to be working together on that here in the next two or three weeks. It, it's it, it, it's a formula. It fits, right? It's like the quadratic formula, or or I don't know. I shouldn't have gone down this route because I don't know very many formulas at this point. Whatever it is, you know, mass equal, uh, shut up. I'm not going to do any. But you know what I mean, right? Just plug it in. You have your certain your certain variables. So if, we're, if we want an equation, we're talking about a press conference here. So a press conference answer, that means you're not coming back. You're not re-signing this guy. Start talking big picture, right? Oh, he's had such a great time. That That's one variable. Such a great time in Green Bay. He's going to be remembered greatly and then be very noncommittal. That's the other variable, right? Start talking, well, you know, we got a lot to sift through in the weeks to come. You know, we're only beginning that process. That's the formula for, yeah, he's gone. Sticking around, talking here and now. We're talking details about, wow, we are excited to see what he's going to do and we're going to work hard to make sure we find a number and find a contract that suits both parties. That's a player that's sticking around. And this is this is why I've been frustrated the last couple of months, all the way going back to the Khalil Mack trade. right? Because none of this, or, or the Khalil Mack trade that was 
wanted by a lot of Green Bay Packers fans, myself included. I was waving that flag, certainly. Here's why it bothers me, is because I, all I heard for months, and I'm still hearing this, and, and people speak it as common knowledge, like how could it be wrong? It's just considered fact. You can't have the highest paid player on offense and the highest paid player on defense, which basically Aaron Rodgers and Khalil Mack would be. It takes up way too much of your cap. You, know, you can't do that. You just It can't be done. It's never done. It can't be done. Shouldn't be done. And there's no way, the, no way in hell the Packers are going to do that. Well, what are, what, what's the Packers free agent money for right now? You want to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and how they have to retain Chris Middleton, Brogdon, Lopez, Bledsoe, Mirtich. Okay, that's fine. That's a conversation I can have. But in the case of the Packers, what have we been talking about this free agent class that is going out the door of 1265 Lombardi about Cobb, about Matthews? It's let him go. Let him go. They're old. They're injury prone. They've lost a step. Clay Matthews can't get around the edge anymore. Randall Cobb can't get a step and create separation on his own. He's only a slot receiver. They're a dime a dozen. Let him go and save the money. So why the hell, why why are we so concerned about the Packers saving money and not signing a guy like Khalil Mack? Well, you can't have that big of a contract on defense and pay Aaron Rodgers. Can't be done. Shouldn't be done. Teams never do it. Well, can we, I, I want to get out of this mindset. I want to get out of this boxed mindset that Packers fans, myself included at times, Packers fans are the worst at this, of just speaking things like they are a truth, like it is common knowledge, right? These preconceived notions, like the with the Antonio Brown stuff as well. I think it makes a world of sense if they can make the personalities work and they make the contract work to acquire Antonio Brown in a trade, football-wise. I think it immediately makes his team better and it solves a lot of problems. But Packers fans, you ask, well, Packers will never do that. They'll never trade for Antonio Brown. I'm, never in my lifetime would they do that. Why? It's the same with Khalil Mack. You can't pay. You can't pay Khalil Mack and Aaron Rodgers. You way too much of your cap. Why? Where's the rest of your cap going? Let's talk about the specific situation, right? Let's talk about the time and place that this Packers team is in right now. Now, if the Packers had Kenny Clark do and Devontae Adams do and Mike Daniels do and they got all these guys that they got to pay, okay, yeah, maybe trading for Khalil Mack wouldn't be ideal. But in this upcoming cycle, the number one message that has been preached, it's been paraded by Packers fans is let him go, let Cobb go, let Matthews go. Hell, cut Perry, cut Graham, get them all out the door. Okay, well, what was that money needed for? Right? Why we need to get out of this boxed mindset? Packers will never do that. Or the Packers can't do that. They won't do that. They've never done that. It's not in there. It's not how they operate. Well, you know how they operate? Having Aaron Rodgers now for what? Going on how many years? And you're you're struggling. That window's closing. You got to do something different. Let's get out of this boxed mindset and let's have a nuanced, perspective-filled discussion about how the Packers can actually improve their team. Because let's be real, if they would have paid out that contract to Khalil Mack, so look at it this way, they trade for Khalil Mack and in step then pay him that contract, would we be sitting here today saying, wow, I wish they wouldn't have paid Khalil Mack all that money? Wow, I wish they wouldn't have given out that contract because they're really handcuffed right now. And I know down the line that's different. Now, next year, the year past, that's a different conversation. But all I'm saying right now, and it's frustrating because all Packers fans want to talk about is how they need to, they need cap space. Need, can't fill up your cap. You can't take up too much of your cap. Well, who are the Packers dying to re-sign? Nobody. Not a single damn player. Why shouldn't the Packers trade for Antonio Brown? Well, they'll never trade for Antonio. Why not? Let's think. Let's get out of our boxed-in mindset a little bit here. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. Uh, Dave is right. After listening, they are going after good football players. Yeah, no doubt they'll go 16-0. No doubt. If we're looking for good football players, Bob, 
How could you not go 16-0? It's all about football's football, man. Football is football. You know, football's football. We're looking for good football players. Football is football. That's what it comes down to. And I, I appreciate you chiming in, Bob. Let it, let's go to the five-star telecom talk and text line. Uh, caller, welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. <laughs> hey, Grant. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Good, good. You know, I used to love Antonio Brown, but I've, I've got a real simple thought process as it relates to players like him. You know, he's a cancer, and cancer's uncurable. And uh, I think that's the last thing they need in that locker room. I would love to see a safety like Earl Thomas. Um, I think that's far better way to spend your money. Because so, if he's not happy, this thing blows up real quick on a first-year head coach. No, this is true. So what I'm hearing is you're okay spending out the big contract, making a splash, but you want it on the right player. Right. I want I want a player, you know, and I know Earl Thomas has got a little bit of baggage, but, you know, when he's on the football field, he's lights out, and he's exactly what they need. You know, that, that guy who can be the quarterback back there is always in position. Yep. Um, makes the right play at the right time. Good run defender. Spend the money. No, and you I, know, I, I, I'm I, perfectly okay with that. I just, it's got to be the right guy. That's, and I appreciate the phone call. That's a song and dance that I can sing along with. Spend the money. It's, it's not our money that is being spent. Fans act like it's coming right out of our checking account. I want a good player. I want good football players. I'm a Packers fan. I buy jerseys. I drive three hours to go to games, and I park in somebody's front yard, and I freeze my ass off sitting on a concrete bleacher to go to these games. Let's be a little bit proactive here. And I and look, if you want to argue about Antonio Brown, especially with the optics of a first-year head coach, you have a, a very concrete and a very substantial argument. My take on that is if you win, it's all okay. Because this was never an issue with Antonio Brown when they were losing. Now, you can argue about how he's a locker room cancer. I think Packers fans have a tendency to blow that out of proportion. But this is what I'm talking about. Don't be afraid. Don't live scared. Yeah, if he costs a lot, he's a great player, so what? You need great players to win. If they're expensive, so be it. Gotta get out of our our, our closed mindset here. And if you want to argue that Antonio Brown is bad for Matt LaFleur in his first year and it could blow up, that's a fair argument. But I'm going to come right back and say, well, if the Packers win, I don't think it's going to be an issue. And really, you're not looking for Antonio Brown to retire as a Packer. You're looking for him for probably two or three years. The remainder of his contract, I'm sure he wants it rescheduled for more money, and that's fair. You don't necessarily have to extend him. Not everything has to be this big, grand plan that, that is going to last 10 years. Win a Super Bowl this year. Get back to the playoffs this year. Let's start there. Contend. Don't worry about five years down the road. Don't worry about four years down the road. I think Brian Gutekunst has actually done a pretty good job managing the the here and now as well with the future. But the future is getting shorter and shorter with every snap that Aaron Rodgers takes. Let's be real about that. I know it's a stark reality. I know it sucks to think about, but that's the case. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. I love the interaction today. I love the conversation. Let's keep that going. We have to talk more Green Bay Packers, but not necessarily... What's going on in the field or what's going on in the front office? It is a former Packer, and that's Mike McCarthy. He is in the news for all the wrong reasons. It's funny, but it's something we need to talk about as well because it's a good learning tool for the rest of us normal people. That coming up as we wrap up the Wisco Sports Show coming up here on WKTY.
final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I am your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. We're talking Packers, and the interaction has been awesome. A little bit uh, hearing from Brian Gutekunst at the scouting combine and what he had to say about not only how he's going to address the draft and, and improve his team, but also the likes of Randall Cobb, Clay Matthews, and Jimmy Graham, three players who contractually are in three different situations, uh, but the future of the team is, is murky, or at least was. It looks like Jimmy Graham's is becoming clearer and clearer uh, as the days goes on. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. Andrew in lacrosse says, if anyone's lights out, it's AB. AB would make a much bigger impact paired with 12 than Earl Thomas would ever. Andrew, I'm not going to say I necessarily agree. I don't know who would make the bigger impact if we're if we're going big game hunting in free agency and we're talking Antonio Brown and Earl Thomas. I think Earl Thomas does a lot of things uh, to improve that defense just because I think he takes a load off of Josh Jones and he allows him to play more within his skill set. And whoever else they pair, if, they, if Kentrell Bryce is retained uh, through his restricted free agency and brought back, it makes his life easier. It makes life easier on the young corners because they're going to have, like you said, and like our caller said, that quarterback on the defense in Earl Thomas. And that's something that the, the Packers have not had in a while. They've, they've flirted with young talent. And I think talent wise, they're as young and as they're as skilled as they have been in the last five or six years, but they don't have that leader. They don't have that, that star that makes you feel like things are in control. And I agree there. Antonio Brown would be a, a huge because it would make Devontae Adams better. It would make Aaron Rodgers better. It would make Jimmy Graham better. It would make the offensive line job easier and it would help take the pressure off the running game. And it would help, those three sophomore-to-be wide receivers who we already discussed today. I think it's a domino effect on both sides because both player is going to both players are going to help improve uh, the, the the cast supporting them on their respective sides of the ball. I definitely agree. I don't know if there's a better or a worse one. Uh, I think I would rather have. Oh man, that's tough. That's tough. But you know what? I'm going to think about that. We're going to talk about that more tomorrow. Antonio Brown or Earl Thomas? Who would you rather have uh, in a perfect world if you could only have one? What I wanted to get into, just because it's weird, I never thought that I would live to see the day where I would be talking about this on WKTY. Everybody heard uh, Mike McCarthy, the former Packers coach, was involved in an incident with WIAA officials at a high school game. I believe it was at Pulaski. Yeah, Division II boys regional high school basketball game, Green Bay, Notre Dame, and Pulaski. And Mike McCarthy has a stepson who, who plays for the Tritons. Uh, that's for Notre Dame. Yeah, I had to check this because I'm I'm not super familiar. With, and I believe that's the Fox Valley Classic Conference. I'm not sure, uh, but I believe that's the conference that we're dealing with. Pulaski uh, and and Green Bay Notre Dame. It's interesting. And and Mike McCarthy apparently berating the officials throughout the game and following them uh, just for a for a moment or two. As they exited the court, just a weird story. And you see the video as well. There's no sound, but, you know, following behind. It's not like he was running and throwing and pumping his fist, but he definitely followed, and he, there was definitely exchange between the two. This is just a, this is just a bad look. Uh, and and it, was inter- it was funny because also noted in the story, this was uh, today's story, not last night. Mike McCarthy has apparently apologized. The statement uh, from the Notre Dame administrator said, last night uh, we received an apology call from the parent involved. We appreciate his outreach and we look forward to moving ahead in a faith-centered and esteemed fashion. This is so damn weird. How many places, and once again, I guess I'm, I'm going to talk about at length the small town feel of Green Bay. How many places do you have a, an NFL head coach who is fired and then remains in town, isn't hired in this next cycle, and then the next you hear from him is because he's cussing out an, an official at a high school basketball game? This whole thing is just awkward. I don't want to get on my, my social justice horse here, 
I, I and I don't want to preach about it, but I, I think this is a good example and something good to keep in the back of our mind as well. As someone who's called a strong handful of high school basketball games this year, both by myself and both with our our, our go-to play-by-play man, Drew Kelly, who you hear on the show all the time, and UWL games, both men and women's. And I, I just think culturally we have this problem right now. Yeah, officials don't always do a great job, and certainly this year's NFL season didn't help. But this we can't be doing this stuff. Who's going to want to officiate games? Like I, I look at these guys who officiate games now, and I think, why would you ever want to do this? Like, you're not winning, ever. Like, half the gym is going to be pissed at you. They're going to yell, and they're going to complain. And then the team that loses, especially in a close game, in a meaningful game, is going to lay all the blame right on you and the fact that you didn't do your job or that you are you are cheating. Like, look at what Fran McCaffrey did. The Iowa coach, he got suspended two games by the Big Ten because he called this officiating crew, as they were going into the tunnel, just berated them with multiple expletives. I, I don't think Mike McCarthy's situation is that bad, but it's something that our culture is just in, is just enveloped themselves in right now. Like, what are we doing? Look, I'm sitting at home, and I'm watching a game. The other night, I was watching the Bucks game. I was home for the weekend, and I was watching with my parents. And yeah, I was complaining about the calls, and I would I would pull it back and replay it, and, and I would be like, okay, I was right. Yeah, that was a, a bad missed call, or the, the call was incorrect. That's one thing, to sit at home and, and to use that as a, a coping mechanism for stress uh, and for anger during a game where your team might be doing not so hot or maybe they're in a close game. That's one thing, but to, to be at a, like a high school game and to, to single yourself out in the stands and stand up and yell at officials, clearly, maybe with swear words, maybe not. Look, I, it's, it's a bad look for fans. I know we had that, that wrestling video that went viral where the parents were fighting each other on the mat. I know that's not along the same veins of getting on the case of the official, but let's remember here, and I don't want to be this guy, it is about the athletes, it's not about the officials, it's not about the parents, don't make it about anyone other than the high school athletes. Sit in the stands, cheer when something good happens, be silent when your team isn't winning, and make it about them. Because eventually, none of these men and women are going to want to officiate anymore. Whether it's wrestling, or basketball, or football, or whatever it is, they're just not going to want to do this anymore. And next thing you know, we're going to be left standing there with the you-know-what in our hand, uh, complaining about how officials, how we don't have any, and sports is just in chaos. Real quick, we're going to go to the five-star telecom talk and text line, 608-796-2558. We got one minute. Caller, welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Hey, it's, you know, along this line here, about 10 years ago, my youngest boy, Wanted to make some extra cash, and he says, "Dad, I think I'm gonna. I want to be like an umpire for for little league baseball." Yeah, and I, I flat out said with with the parents, and this was ten years ago when I said this. The way parents are these days, son, you don't want that kind of grief. Don't do it. <laughs> it's funny. It's happening now. I, I wish we could talk more about this. I pre- I appreciate it. I have to cut you off. I'm sorry. Thanks for the action on the five star telecom talking text line. That was five. That was five or ten years ago. That caller said, "It's just not worth it." Let's let's pull it back a little bit because because I think if you had to go back and watch film, watch a video of yourself screaming at officials from the stands after the fact, you'd be like, God, I look stupid. God, I'm making a fool of myself. And the kids on the court probably hate it as well. Let them play the game. Don't make it about yourself. Mike McCarthy's just an interesting example and an example that I never thought we'd talk about. Great show today. Thanks for everyone who chimed in. More of the Wisco Sports Show tomorrow. Same time, same place. I'll talk to you then.